Hey, you're listening to the Creative Pep Talk Podcast. We help you build a thriving creative practice. I'm your host, Andy J. Pizza! You can stay up to date with all things Creative Pep Talk by following me on Instagram at Andy J. Pizza. Let's get into today's episode. This episode is supported by In The Making, an original podcast brought to you by Adobe Express, the all-in-one content creation app included in your Creative Cloud membership. If you are trying to boost the YouTube, TikTok, Reels content side of what you're doing, one episode of In The Making that I think will be super useful to you is their episode with John Yushai. I think John's method for including his audience in the process is really inspiring. And if you want to hear about that and more about leveling up your game in the creator economy, just search In The Making in your podcast player to listen. Many thanks to In The Making and Adobe Express for their support. really needed to rehaul my website. I was talking to some web people, looking around, and I got intrigued by Squarespace's new Fluid Engine, partially because it just sounds cool, but also because it allows you to drag and resize and layer up anything you can imagine. I dove in, rebuilt my site. It's the most me site that I've ever had. I just absolutely love it. Launched it, got such a great response. Some industry illustration and designy peers even reached out and was like, hey, who coded this thing, man? I'm like, y'all, I did it by myself. No coding with Squarespace's new Fluid Engine. I told him like, you should go check it out. You're gonna be surprised with what you can do. And I built this thing before Squarespace reached out to sponsor the show. So I was like, boom, easy peasy. I was gonna tell you about this new site anyway. Go check it out, anyjpizza.com if you wanna see what I did with it. If you want to try it yourself, make a site that's totally you where you can build a portfolio, sell content and courses and all kinds of other stuff, head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with promo code PEPTALK, all one word, all uppercase. All right, it's a new year, and you know what that means. It's goal-setting time. Okay, 2020 is over. All that terrible stuff is in the past. 2021 is going to be different because we're going to conquer this thing, and let's start by dreaming up a future that we want to disappear into. Okay, so... What the, what the heck? Greetings, past pizza. I am here, the you of pizza future. One year into the future, to be exact. Whoa, what the heck? You are me from the future? Wow, what are you doing here? Wait, what? why do you talk like that? The vaccine, it has a microchip in it. Wait, you came to warn me about the vaccine? No, you fool, I was answering your question. I talk like this because the vaccine has a microchip in it that auto-tunes every human on Earth so that we can finally sing and harmony. Really? No, you idiot. I'm messing with you. You came from the future to mess with me? No, I came to 
bring you a message. Okay, wh- what is it? Is it about 2021? Do, do things finally go back to normal? Well, kind of, but you see, that's the problem. It all starts today with your goal setting. You're approaching it all wrong. I came from the future to tell you this. You're so eager to leave 2020 in the dust that you forget its greatest lesson, being present. Wait, let me get this straight. You came from the future to tell me to be present. Yeah. So, well, it's uh, just a little ironic, don't you think? Don't bring our president into this. Wait, Alanis Morissette is the president? I thought Joe Biden. There was a there was a huge recount and turns out she's our first female president. Anyway, we don't I can't get into that stuff right now, but what if you and me jump in the time machine and we go back to Andy at the beginning of lockdown in 2020 and tell him that this is going to last even past Christmas. Should we? You want to, let's go. Whoa, no, absolutely not. Why not? Because his brain would explode. He'd give up before he even started. He could barely muster up the strength to get through those first two weeks at the time. So how did you make it all the way to now? A day at a time. That's all I could handle. And that's the lesson. Virus or no virus, vaccine or no vaccine, vocoder or no vocoder. All your little brain can handle is one day at a time. Hey, that's your little brain too. No, it isn't. My brain has been upgraded by Tesla and their technology. Oh, your brain is expanded now? Well, not exactly, but it, uh, it shoots flames. It's not that helpful. It actually hurt a lot of people, but it's a, it's a different problem. It's not That's not the problem that we're going to go through right now. My point is goals are great, but their inherent focus on the future can get you lost in the abstract and your ego starts focusing on things like legacy and accolades instead of what goals should actually be, which is moving towards a more enjoyable and meaningful every day, a little bit at a time. Hmm. So I should scratch out that goal of a Netflix special? Yeah, that's probably a good idea. I mean, Netflix doesn't even exist in 2021 anyway. Whoa, Netflix is gone? What the heck? Well, it's not gone. They just had to change the N and the F around. It's now called Fetnix. It's a big copyright issue with the Intergalactic Federation. Alien Netflix predates ours by 3.5 million years. Aliens? What? What at the what? Oh man! What? Are, hey! What are you doing with that Men in Black doohickey? Hey! Hey! hey. It's been in black for copyright purposes. You don't want to provoke the Federation. Anyway, but listen, I've said too much. I'm just going to erase that little bit, and you can start the show. But remember, approach goals differently in 20. 21 or 2020 will have taught you nothing. Oh, okay. So, uh, man, woo. not exactly sure why, but I think maybe we should approach goals differently this year. I, I don't know. <laughs> just, just spitballing, but maybe we should just rethink how we approach productivity and motivation and all that stuff considering the the world events as of late. Um, <laughs> let me be honest with you. Uh, last year, my productivity just tanked. I spent a lot of time feeling afraid and down about the state of the world. And uh, I struggled to maintain a routine. There were times I struggled to get out of bed And the truth is, as most of you know, unfortunately, not a lot has changed since all this stuff went down last year. And, you know, 
lots of people have had it much, much worse than I have, including my wife who, you know, her worst nightmare has been realized. She's locked out of her birth country, locked away from seeing her family in the UK. We haven't seen them in uh, a, uh, the longest time since we moved here to the States. I know a lot of people who are listening to this who've lost work because of the pandemic. There are people who have lost loved ones um, in the past year. And uh, pretty much everyone I know has suffered with some degree uh, in terms of their mental health. And so I, you know, as much as I wanted to just come out the gate with a typical creative pep talk episode. And believe me, the pep is in this episode. And I think that there is, <laughs> I'm not going to just do a super depressing episode. We're going to find some power and motivation and, and some things to genuinely get excited about in our creative work that, that is about joy and meaning and purpose. But I didn't want to pretend like we aren't all going through this stuff and, and some of us are going through, you know, much worse than others. Um, but for all the crap that 2020 threw at us, there's one thing that I am super grateful for. 2020 helped me dump my bad energy model, my, my bad motivation model. You see, pre-2020, my primary method of motivation was achievement-oriented. You know, I'm uh, what they call an Enneagram three um, or an Enneagram four with a three wing. I don't know. It's very, I go back and forth, but I'm achievement oriented. I have been almost all of my adult life and I was always living every day for some future reality. And this worked fine for years until 2020 was like, hey, you have no idea what tomorrow's going to be like, or or even if next year's going to be there, um, let alone be able to manage year-long goals and achievements. We all got through 2020 because of that in the same way, just a little bit at a time. The unpredictable future made me focus on the one thing I was running from, the present took a global pandemic to see that in some ways I was sacrificing days, hustling on the side with things that I hated doing so that one day I could get that job doing more of the stuff that I hated doing, but then with a fancy title. This year, I want to do goal setting differently, and I want to use a little thing I'm calling the road trip method. 2020 has showed us that we might not reach the destinations that we set out for, metaphorically or, or you know, actually. Um, but this has always been true. That's the thing. Uh, it, 2020 just, I think, woke us all up to that. So if you're planning a vacation with the same reality – how would that change things? If you set out on a vacation with no guarantee that you would actually get to the final destination, how would that change where you went? And the truth is, whenever we set goals, it's always like this. You don't always reach that goal or that achievement, and but we still do it because we know that's not really what it's about. Have you ever gone on a trip purely for the Instagram photo op, purely for that achievement unlock? 
This is how most of us set goals. We say, hey, who cares if the flight is 12 months long? Imagine the comment section on that post. Imagine this perfect tweet where we get to say, hey, I work for this fancy company now, or this major publisher is publishing my book. Does that 30 seconds of tweet glory make up for eight years taking crap to get there, followed by eight years taking crap to stay there? Instead, what if we set our goal and we set our destination not by how sexy it is or the clout that it'll carry, but by how enjoyable the road is to get there? If you didn't know that you were going to make it to the destination, you'd make sure that every stop along the way was enjoyable and meaningful and noteworthy. And that, yeah, maybe you would set your destination to, to uh, you know, lower heights or, or something less gram-worthy, but at least your actual daily experience would be more worthwhile. Don't you want that? I want that. I want that for all of you. We don't know what the future is going to be, but hey, we never have. So let's set goals differently. Let's prioritize joy and meaning, and let's get started now. Let's do it. Okay, so we're going to do three things to approach goals with the road trip mindset, the the road trip method. Okay, three things. The first one is about choosing the drive. What kind of drive do you want to go on? What kind of drive would fill your soul this year? you're not the same person you've ever been. And, and, and sometimes you want to go through the Appalachian Hills and, and get there efficiently. So you go to Disney World. Sometimes you're like, you know what? I need a meditative vacuum of the planes. I need to take my time. Uh, so we're going to Disneyland in California. Look, I'm from Indiana. Those were the only places we were allowed to vacation. My parents were like, Grand Canyon, hell no, we need something safe. Let's go to fake the fake rocks of uh, <laughs> what is it called the uh, the mat what's the mountain Thunder Mountain Railroad like that you know where the, oh it looks like a rock is gonna fall, but you know if that rock falls, you can sue Disney for billions and uh, that'll you know cure your heartache real quick of missing your child. Um, whereas what's going to, ha- who are you going to sue at the Grand, Ch- <laughs> Grand Canyon? There's no one to sue. Um, <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know if that was my, my parents' uh, logic, but we went to Disney World, uh, which I'm not complaining about. Obviously, that's a, uh, you know, something to be grateful about. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you got to pick the drive. <laughs> what are we talking about? You got to pick the drive. What kind of drive do you want? How, what do you, how do you want it to feel along the way? And I, and I know this is going to sound obvious, and, um, but this was really helpful to me, uh, this question of what do you actually enjoy? You know, I know you're looking at me thinking, Andy, I'm listening to this podcast because I know what I love to do. I just don't know how to do it for a living. But the truth is, do you really know? When's the last time you actually checked in with yourself of what you thoroughly enjoy? I'm not talking about what gives you pleasure. Pleasure is about stuff that you consume. Joy is about being enveloped in joy, 
right? Like for me personally, I'm driven as a person with ADHD by doing things that I love to do and being really familiar with what actually puts me into flow. That's a huge motivator for me. You know, I can tell what really puts me into flow by how little I have to bundle and multitask. We've talked about bundling on this show before. Bundling is like, I really don't want to sweep the floors, but I do want to listen to this podcast. So I'll listen to podcasts while I'm sweeping the floors and I bundle an activity I don't want to do with an activity that I uh, do want to do to get through it. But as an ADHD person, I have to bundle things that I kind of want to do with things I kind of want to do so that I can really want to do them. Like I can't watch a movie without a huge bucket of popcorn because I kind of want to watch a movie. It's kind of fun. And and eating a bowl of pop, a huge bowl of popcorn is kind of fun. Put them together. I can get into doing it. Separate? No. Rejected. I cannot watch a movie without at least a seltzer. Okay. Or a few, three seltzers. I'm, that's just the way I'm wired. But when I am doing something that's not just pleasure, but enjoyment and joy, like I can put all of my time in that present. And, uh, I read that Tim Ferriss, he doesn't do goal setting anymore in the new year. He does what he calls the PYR, the past year review. And he goes back through the year and he looks at what are the things that put me into that peak performance, that flow state. And the reason why this is so important, even though that's the reason you said yes to this journey in the first place, the reason it's so important to do this yearly is because not just that you change, but also that you're constantly gathering data. There are so many things that you thought you enjoyed. Only, you know, maybe you thought I would love to make a book and halfway through making the book, you're like, dear God, I hate books so much. You know, I did a project back in the day where I did a new book cover for books from the public domain and I turned them into posters uh, and they were things like The Wizard of Oz and uh, 2000 Leagues Under the Sea and stuff like this. And um, got in the middle of that project and I like, man, I don't like reading. Um, <laughs> it's not true. I do like reading, but not. I'm not a super reader. I'm a slow reader. I mostly read nonfiction, but it took me through getting through half of that project to realize this is not me. So when's the last time you just sat and you listed, what are the things that I don't need to multitask through? What are the things where the, the what are the kinds of work in this creative world where I actually, after I'm done with the job, I'm more energized. It's such an advantage competitively if the work energizes you. And, and so what I want you to do is I want you to just make a list. You know, don't tell me. I need you to get more hyper-specific. You can't just say, I like, I love illustration. Really, you love illustration. So what, you love drawing, Andy? Not really. I don't actually love drawing. You know, I think the people that really freaking love drawing are people who make comics and storyboards. They just want to make so many drawings. But I really like making pictures more than I like drawing. I like the composition. I like the final image. I like, uh, you know, that's what my taste is for and that's what I get lost in. And I've even learned, you know, I spent a lot of years trying to get to work for the New York Times. And this is one of the first 
bricks that got torn out of that wall of just pure achievement oriented Andy is that I worked with the New York Times and I was like, okay, now what? I don't actually like making conceptual illustration that much. It's not a drive that I enjoy. What I've learned is how I like to approach concept is the space between the words and the pictures. And the pictures, I actually like them to be literal narrative illustrations. And, uh, uh, you know, the, the, there's a bunch of ways that you can do interesting things, you can do conceptual things, you can do really exciting things that way. But I only learned that by gathering data over time and making stuff. And I realized, like, I don't want to make projects that are conceptual illustrations that I'm not enjoying making to get m jobs that are conceptual illustrations. And so that's not the drive I want to go on. The drive I want to go on is making these little illustrations. And I have a few other things. You know, I love wrestling with a story. They're, when I'm wrestling with a story, I am completely and utterly consumed. I can sit in a bathtub for two and a half hours working on a little piece of writing, doing nothing else, totally engrossed. I can do that, you know, work, helping a creative work through a problem on, uh, you know, on a phone call. Um, whether it's creative or it's career-oriented, I can do that with no other tasks. I am in joy. And so that's the first thing you got to do is you got to ask yourself, what are the songs that when you wrote them, the means were the end? The end, not the reward, not the accolade, not the listens, but the process was enough. Which songs were like that? Make your destination reflect that drive. Okay, the second thing you gotta do. So the first thing you gotta do is choose your drive, what kind of drive you want. Second thing you gotta do is choose your passengers. Who's going along with the trip? Who You can go anywhere with the right people, right? Like as long as you've got your the, the right person in shotgun, you can drive for days, right? Jamming out, man. Modest mouse, lonesome crowded west. This is a long drive with nothing to think about. Those are two albums from Modest Mouse. And if you don't know that, you don't get to get in my car, okay? Because we're going to be jamming out to Modest Mouse um, on my, and, and maybe Boys to Men. That Venn diagram just got much smaller. If you're, if that's you, um, let me know. Let's go to Disneyland together. Okay. Second thing you got to do is pick your passengers. I am so passionate about this idea. Uh, and, and the reason why is recently, I found that so many of my favorite people are addicts. <laughs> but to be more, I mean, that's just true. I'm an I'm addictive personality. I get it, man. I totally get it. But my, what I really meant to say was so many of my favorite people are ex-addicts or they're, you know, in addicts in recovery. Uh, recently, I've been so inspired by Mary Carr, who wrote a book, The Art of, the, of Memoir, um, and she's written a bunch of memoirs, and I've been listening to interviews with her and started reading her book. And uh, Brene Brown, I've always loved Brene Brown, but just recently listening to one of her podcast episodes, it was with Dax Shepard and Tim Ferriss, um, and then I listened to the one with Barack Obama. 
I just had what I think a lot of people have had this, you know, I fell in love with what she's doing in the world. I just, I just admire her. Here's somebody who is, tr you know, picked work on vulnerability when she is so afraid of vulnerability. It's clearly the cave that she fears to enter is, is the, is vulnerability and she's made it her life's work. And I just respect the hell out of that. I just feel that is the kind of human that I just want to be around. I want those humans in my car. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? And we're going to get to that actually, because they are in your car if you're listening to their podcast, but we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Um, but more specifically, I want to talk about why one of the reasons why I love addicts in recovery is they know the fundamental truth is that the easiest way to accomplish something is to spend time with people who have already done it. It changes you, man. It changes you through osmosis. It raises those limiting beliefs. When I met an illustrator that was an illustrator for a living and I looked into his eyes and I was like, I could be this person. And he said, get away, you freak. Who said oh, you can't be me? Um, that didn't happen. But that's what I felt when I met Lee Ford, by the way, Lee Ford is an amazing illustrator. I'm a huge fan to that. He came and spoke to our school when I was uh, going to school in the UK and it changed my life. It, it overnight, like after that day, I called a meeting. That's, I was still this guy who was <laughs> driven or whatever, called a meeting with a few of my friends. And I said, look, we just met Lee Ford. He's a human. Like he's not that different than us. We can contact all of our heroes and we made a magazine. We started a magazine that day, like a little zine where we we're interviewing our heroes, reaching out to people. It just broke through these mental barriers that I had of uh, that's a different type of human that can actually succeed at this. And that's what happens when you spend time with people who have achieved what you want to achieve but feel like is impossible. When I moved to the UK, it changed how I related to food. You know, living in Indiana and growing up in um, the suburbs of Indiana, everyone I knew had a terrible relationship to food, a love-hate relationship with food. And when I moved to the UK, they had that with drinking and I got a new problem. Um, <laughs> that's not true. It's, you know, it's not true. Um, uh, I'm a responsible drinker, but uh, but, uh, I saw all these people that had a healthier relationship to food and it literally changed my relationship to food for the rest of my life. And that is the power of osmosis. That's the power of that quote you've heard a million times. This, you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. And I believe it. Not only that, you know, people like, uh, David Eagleman talk about, you know, a neuroscientist uh, who talks about how impressionable and malleable the neuroplasticity of our minds are and how much who you meet and the conversations you have actually physically are making your brain change shape. Uh, and and I, I believe there's even theories about neural networks of the people you spend time with. You're actually – there's a – it's almost like you know trees. They found that trees in the forest are actually communicating and uh, under the soil with each other. They're actually part of a greater network. There's even, I believe, trees that are uh, one organism you know, uh, uh, and all these different 
trees. I don't know the science on that, but but it, you know it's true. You know on a deeper level, even if it's not actually true, it is true that you are inseparable. We're social animals. And so are you taking that seriously? Listen to me. I know that the term mastermind sounds like uh, something that Dr. Evil invented. Uh, I get it. Uh, but, but don't let that scare – don't reject the title. I'm in a mastermind group, me and three other uh, creatives, creative storytellers. And we don't call it the mastermind group. We made it our own name. We got we skirted right past that pitfall. You can do it too. You can name it whatever you want. But how long are you going to put off filling your life with people that have achieved things that you feel like are impossible but desperately want for yourself? Stop. Don't wait any longer. And the fact of the matter is they can be little things. They can be little changes. Spend time with those people. Seek those people out. Seek those peers out and spend – put time in the schedule to spend time with those people and and change your virtual company. Back to who's in your car. Brené Brown's in my car, okay? Sorry, Brené. I know you don't even know who I am, but you're in my car on a regular basis. One thing that I find is when I'm listening to business podcasts, I get really obsessed with business analytics and metrics and pushing the needle forward. Uh, they say that a lot. Uh, you know, someone explained to me what that meant. I don't really, I still don't know. I think it's something about like putting on the gas. We're talking about car metaphors, right? But it's true. I'll find myself, whoever, whatever podcast I'm listening to consistently, they change my focus. And so when you do that joy list, when you figure out hyper-specifically, not just illustration, but narrative, literal illustration for this type of client, this type of project, this type, go find podcasts that have those kinds of people talking. It will rewire your brain, okay? Even if you can't talk back. You've seen all those memes of you hanging with all your new friends and it's just um, you standing next to like an advertisement of friends hanging out. That's what podcasting feels like. It is what podcasting feels like. And I'm not sure your brain knows the difference. There are so many huge breakthroughs I've had just by immersing myself in small groups of people that have done things that I didn't know were possible. You know, uh, Malcolm Gladwell talks about how everybody blames parents, right, for, for their kids and what they grow up like and what they're like and who they, who they turn into. But his point is the first-generation immigrants, the, the, the kids of first-generation immigrants, they never sound like their parents. They always sound like their peers. That's the power of your peers. That's the power of the neural network. And you can choose, even if... Brene Brown will not hang out with you. You can hang out with her. Change a virtual company at least in 2021. And at, at most, you've got to. You've got to start setting up your own rebranded mastermind. And by the way, if you don't know what a mastermind is, let's just go into that real quickly. Uh, essentially, some of the basics are like small group of people, three to five individuals meeting regularly often virtually, Zoom chat, what have you. Often there's a person in the hot seat. So every 
every call, maybe it's every other week, maybe it's every week, maybe it's every month, maybe it's every quarter. You can set the time. I don't care. I could keep telling you time. Maybe it's once a year. That seems a little bit, you know, that doesn't seem like a good idea. But uh, every time you meet, a different person is in the hot seat and they bring to you what they're working on, a problem they're working on, and everybody chimes in and helps them solve that problem. And the truth is, the hot seat's great, but I'm telling you, I have learned more often from the weeks that aren't my week. And you hear people say that all the time. You think, yeah, right, man, whatever, but you'll experience it. Get yourself a mastermind. I need to rebrand mastermind myself. We'll think about it. That's, that's one of my new goals in 2021. The third and final way to approach 2021 goal setting as a road trip method, the the road trip method, third thing you got to do is choose your respites, choose your drive, choose your passengers, and then three, choose your respites, respite. Uh, respite, the definition, a short period of rest or relief from something difficult or unpleasant, you know, I don't know about you, but in my path and of being an illustrator, there's lots of times where I'm like, you know what? Screw illustration. I don't even like illustration anymore. Dear God, why did I choose this path? Oh, it's so terrible. But then I take a break and I choose to consume some illustration. I, I fall in love with illustration again. I do the kinds of things. I go buy a book. I go, you know, I, I you know, we can't go to the library anymore, but our library is doing this thing where you can order books online and come through the drive-thru and pick up bags of library books. I do that. I spend, I plan a respite. I plan, you know, one of my favorite parts of our beach vacation in New Jersey was our stop at Hershey World in Pennsylvania. We're like, well, that's not even in New Jersey. What do you mean? I'm talking about respites, okay? I'm talking about little, planning little mini vacations along the way to break up the drive. And so how can you plan what uh, Julia Cameron of The Artist's Way calls artist dates? Things that remind you why you love this thing. It's like a, it's just like if you've got kids, you know this, you know, you've got to plan dates because you're in the trenches with the children and you're arguing, you're mad. You're like, why would you change the diaper this time? Like, you know, none of them are wearing diapers. They're all older than five. You're like, I don't even know what time is anymore. I'm sorry. Uh, but then you go out and you, and you have you get a babysitter and you take a minute or you give the kids a damn screen for 3 hours and you're just like look okay we can't even go to the bar we can't go to eat we're going to spend some time with each other and you hang out and you remember why you liked this person before the fighting over the diapers right <laughs> like you've got to plan that You've got to plan time off in your five-year plan, as Chance the Rapper has said. You've got to plan those things. And so what I want you to do is, as Julia Cameron says, plan your artist dates. Remember, what are the things that help me remember why I chose this destination in the first place? 
I saw this tweet the other day from Frank Camaro. He said, inspiration literally means to take a breath. You know, over the holidays, I took some time off. There's something about forcing myself saying, you're not allowed to draw. Nothing makes me want to draw more than saying, you're, you can't draw. I don't know what it is. I'm just contrary, maybe. I don't know. But taking that breather, taking that time to consume and ingest and, and breathe in this thing that you love. And it's not just, it doesn't, you know, yeah, I, I think take some time to fall in love with the craft again. If you're a musician, when's the last time you just went head over heels for someone else's music? If it's been a long time, no wonder you're sick and tired of spending time in the craft. Go fall off the deep end. Get into something new. Fill up that tank. Create an artist date. And it doesn't even have to be. It probably shouldn't just be falling in love with your art again. What does it take for you to fall in love with life again? You know, over the break, I tried to list out. I spent some time listing out what are things that I enjoy doing with each of my kids, things that Venn diagram, my enjoyment, their enjoyment lines up. And I spent, and it wasn't easy. Like that's not easy to figure out what do I like? What do I love doing that this five-year-old also loves doing? There's not a ton of stuff in there. Okay. I hate to break it to you. That's parenting. It's, it's not always easy, but there are things, you know, one of the things me and my five-year-old, we both love pretending, being goofy. I bought her uh, a fake uh, barbershop kit for her Christmas and a real barbershop mist sprayer. You ever see those things? You push the little trigger and it just don't have any idea how that the technology these days, man, blows my mind. Um, got her one of those and uh, we gave each other haircuts and I allowed myself to get really crazy, pretended that um, I was like uh, a, a barber who's like right on the edge of losing it. And so every once in a while with the clippers, I'm just like, ah, da, 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 and just take it really far. And she thought it was hilarious. Um, spent a bunch of time doing that. Uh, and just seeing her joy, seeing her come to life as a character is just, just makes me fall in love with life. Spent some time watching Hamilton with my oldest, uh, played video games with my son, things that I'm just like, man, this is the good, pure stuff of life. I love going on a walk with my wife. She's a textile artist. She's super inspired by nature. Right now she's got a thing for mushrooms and we go on walks and spot mushrooms and looking for these little weird alien things popping out of the ground, you know, in the middle of the winter. It, it's so inspiring. It's so like, what is life all about? It's so weird, right? And, and I've been trying to get into my spiritual practice again. I started reading some spiritual books and getting a discipline. And, and it reminded me that in that list of my favorite things to do, it's not just helping creatives with problems. It's not just wrestling a story. It's not just making pictures. You know what's, you know what's really fun? You probably forgot this too. I completely forgot that there's not much as enjoyable as actively showing people that you love them just tapping into those love languages. And we're going to talk about this in a kind of part two to this episode. Like this one's all about um, enjoying what you're doing. Next, we're going to talk about making what you're doing meaningful. Um, but if you haven't actively tried to show someone love recently, I highly recommend it. 
get your vulnerability and, and hype yourself up and call someone you love to tell them why you're grateful for them. You know, I heard uh, that Dr. Lori Santos has found uh, clinically that if you will make a list of the three things you're grateful for, one of those people, one of those things is a person. If you will call that person and say, hey, here's why I'm grateful for you, that your mood will lift for a month, a month. That's how enjoyable it is to love people. And that's what the respite is about. It's about making sure you're prioritizing, remembering what's worth saying yes to in life and saying yes to about your art. So plan an artist date. And, and an artist date, in Julia Cameron's point of view, is you know, something that is festive and fun. Something that, and you can do it in nature, you can do it at your house, you can do it on the internet. What's just something you forgot? Sometimes what I'll go, I'll just go on the internet and I'll watch clips of my favorite comedians. I'll just consume tons of stuff. Uh, sometimes I'll go back through the illustrations that I've saved on Instagram or, or liked on Instagram or stuff I found on Pinterest and I'll just make mood boards, not even for any specific thing other than to fill up that tank and remind me what I love about this. Just take a minute, take a respite, plan those things, put those things into the journey as you go. Allow yourself to prioritize doing stuff that is for no other reason than it fills up your tank. All right, just a quick overview of how to approach 2021 with the road trip method. Number one, choose your drive. Do so with the PYR, the past year review. What are the things most recently? Don't say, I wanted to be a musician when I was 19 and now I'm 48. And, I, and that, I, that's what I have to do now. It's my love. No. What, do you actually like making music anymore? Because if not, forget it. Pass your review. When were you in joy? PYR. Number two, choose your passengers. Change your virtual company. Okay? Change your virtual company. Change who you are around. Change who you are. Number three, choose your respites. That means prioritizing a regular weekly artist date. What are the things? Maybe it's, like I said, books. Prioritize books in your budget if that's the thing that sets you on fire. Prioritize getting a vinyl record once a month. If you can't spend $20 on your passion, why are you going to Starbucks? Dear Lord, I know. Okay, I'm talking to you, Andy. Prioritize filling up that tank. Prioritize remembering why you fell in love in the first place. Plan those artist dates like Julia Cameron suggests. Greetings, Earthlings. It's me, Future Andy, uh, who's also an Earthling. Don't know why I said that. It seemed like a, a futuristic greeting, uh, but I guess it's reserved for aliens. Anyway, 
just getting ready to go back and share the wisdom of 2020 with uh, past Andy through different times of his life. And my message is not beware life is unpredictable. Set your expectations low. <laughs> uh, the message is not, you know, in your mid-20s, an unexpected tax bill is going to destroy your financial goals for years. The message is not, you know, it's 2008, the world is going into a recession and all that momentum that you've set up at the start of your career is not going to break through to your dream goals like you think it is. So brace yourself. My message isn't going back to Kid Andy and say, and all those hopes and dreams you have about family life uh, with your mom just go straight down the drain when she walks away. No, I'm not going to go back with that message. The message I'm not going back with. I'm not going to go back and say, beware, life is unpredictable. Set your expectations low. The message I want to bring to past Andy and, I, and share with you is life is unpredictable. And uh, if you put all your focus into a future that may not happen, you're not going to be present for everything worthwhile that's happening out the window right now. Look, before you miss it, that tax bill that hits you unexpectedly, it's going to cause you to finally face the facts about your deep unorganization and scatterbrain. And you're finally going to face the music and get that ADHD diagnosis that changes not just your life for the rest of your life, but your past. It's going to change and heal how you see your childhood and how you see your mother. Look out the window before it's gone while you're falling asleep at the wheel dreaming about how things could have been different. If there wasn't a recession in 2008, you're going to miss being present for the birth of your first daughter, the best thing that ever happens to you. Look out the window before you miss it. There's while you're moping around your entire childhood about an absent mother, you're missing a dad in the driver's seat who never saw being a single parent coming on the horizon. He never saw, he never planned for that kind of destination, but he did everything in his power to be present in your childhood and give you a loving, consistent, stable childhood. That's, that's the message. 2020 did give us something new, but it's not the reality that life is unpredictable. It's always been unpredictable. The new thing is the daily awareness that if we don't stay present in the everyday and make it count, that far off future destination where everything's going to work out might not come. So as you plan your 2021, remember, don't shoot for clout. Enjoy the route. Hey, thanks for listening. I hope this peps you up for 2021. I know it's a scary time. It's a, it's a hard time to stay motivated. I hope this lit deeper fires within you that you didn't even know were there. Like, oh man, it's so hot. I didn't even know I had a fire there. Like a weird 
Anyway, thanks to Yoni Wolf and the band Y for our theme music. Thanks to Alex Sugg for our soundtrack. Thanks to Jordan Aaron for editing this show beautifully. Thanks to Ryan Appleton for all podcast and content support. And until we speak again, stay pepped up. Thank you.